0: Now, first off, how would we describe shock? (laughs) Welcome to the fantasy! (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Matt Harrison. That's at Explosive Output on Twitter or at Shock Fantasy. You should follow both of those, really, on Twitter. Uh, welcome back to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. It's been a, a bit of time. Uh, we're, we're back for the Week 2 Waiver Wire Podcast. And let's start off with something that I'd like to add in new, but it's an oldie it's a new oldie it's like a like a remake of an old school you know 80s song made by a punk band you know like weezer doing africa i'm bringing back the todd heap memorial injury report and we're going to start that by talking about some of the guys who had some injuries that went down in week one or had some lingering stuff from before and uh we're concerned about them let's start with ryan fitzpatrick He's the quarterback of the football team. He's got a hip subluxation, and he's out six to eight weeks. We'll talk about his replacement in a little bit. Raheem Mostert, running back on the 49ers. Torn knee cartilage, six to eight weeks for Mostert. Jerry Judy, the wide receiver of the Broncos, has a high ankle sprain. He's out four to six weeks. Michael Gallup, wide receiver of the Cowboys, has a calf strain that he sustained, on Thursday night against the Bucks, he's out three to five weeks. Odell Beckham didn't play in Week One. He's still recovering from that ACL injury from last year. He's week to week. Keep an eye on him in practice. It could be a while before he gets going up to full speed. Brandon Ayuk was active or not active. He wasn't really active on the field. That's for sure. Zero targets in that game. Uh, had a hamstring injury, and they said that that might be more of the thing. Uh, keep an eye on that one this week as well. Some other guys that you might not think of from a fantasy perspective, but that did sustain some injuries. Jedrick Wills, the left tackle on the Browns. Uh, he has an ankle injury. He's week to week. That would affect you know Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, etc. cetera. Uh, Makai Becton, the left tackle of the Jets. He's got an MCL sprain. He's out four to six weeks. That's bad for Scraps Wilson, and company in New York. Uh, Jason Peters, the left tackle of the Bears. He had a quad injury and left the game on Sunday night. Worth monitoring that one, but uh, that Bears offensive line gets worse somehow. Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback of the Lions, former first-round pick. I believe he was sixth overall by the Lions two years ago. He tore his Achilles. He's out for the season. That Lions defense just got worse. Jason Verrett, Cornerback from the 49ers. He tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Uh, That's a big hole for the Niners to fill there. And Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback of the Saints. uh, He has a torn UCL in his thumb. It looks like he's going to have surgery and miss a couple of weeks there, too. All right, now it's time to figure out which guys to pick up for your fantasy football roster. Let's start with the. Quarterback. Oh, let's start with Jameis Winston, who's 30% rostered right now. Five touchdowns against the Packers does not happen every day, nor will it happen every week for Winston. But there are some real glimmers of hope here. A full year learning under Drew Brees and Sean Payton is something that needs to be said. Uh, Winston said that Brees taught him about completing the process of each play to the best of his ability. And it really showed as the former top pick did not throw a pick in his game against Green Bay. I'd go 15% in Superflex leagues if Winston is available and 8% in single QB leagues. Uh, Taylor Heineke, we talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick is down. Heineke was obviously 0% rostered, but he'll get the start probably for the next month and change. Uh, in a little more than half a game's work, he was very efficient. He connected on 11 of his 15 passes. That's a 73% completion percentage. That's great. Uh, Did manage 122 yards and a score, no picks. Also good. Worth noting that all four of Terry McLaurin's targets came from Heineke in that game. He's got a little bit of running ability as well. That's also a good thing. Probably worth about a 5% bid in super flex leagues. Uh, Probably not in on Taylor Heineke in a single quarterback league, though. Uh, Last quarterback that I want to dive deep on is Justin Fields, who's 52% rostered on Yahoo Leagues right now. The dude already outscored Andy Dalton on Sunday night as the backup quarterback. It's not if, it's when. And honestly, the Bears need the mobility that Fields brings with a line that's amongst the worst in the league. And you heard Jason Peters is still nursing an injury. He's going to put up fantasy points. You'll be sorry if you don't go get him now. My guess is he's not available in most Superflex League formats. If he is, I'd throw a healthy 20% on him. Uh, You should be able to lock him up for about 11% in single quarterback formats, but I'd go get Justin Fields because they might start Dalton against Cincinnati this week, You know the revenge game angle, but after that, it's all up in the air, and I think Fields will be starting very soon. Uh, Others to consider briefly, Jared Goff, if he throws 57 times a game, which he could, even he will be fantasy relevant. Sam Darnold, it's just the weapons. He dumped it off to CMC nine times. He ran one in, oh, wait, nine times. Do I have a nine times?
1: It's almost 9 o'clock.
0: We've got to go to work. That's totally not it. Um, The weapons are good enough for him to improve on last week's numbers against the Jets. Uh, Derek Carr, he looked impressive down the stretch against the Ravens. And there's a bit of uh, some swagger there with Carr with that overtime win. And then Teddy Bridgewater, just worth noting, he gets the Jaguars this week and he gets the Jets next week. Uh, That's a guy that you should have your eye on if you desperately need a quarterback. Oh, finally, Kirk Cousins. Even though many people just don't like him or don't like watching him play, he has the ability to put up fantasy numbers every week, especially with Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Those are good players. They're going to put up good numbers. So is Kirk. So he's he's only 25% rostered right now, which is kind of surprising to me. All right, let's move on to the running back. Probably the hottest pickup of the week is Elijah Mitchell, who is 2% rostered. And uh, Raheem Mostert went down. We mentioned that earlier. And after that, the sixth-round rookie tallied 19 carries, 104 yards, and a score against the lowly Lions. With Mostert down, it would not be surprising for Trey Sermon to be activated this week to receive a shot. Jamichael Hasty is the other running back on the roster and is worth consideration as well. As Sermon was a healthy scratch due to performance and practice, I would imagine Mitchell has first crack to be the guy in the Shanahan offense, but maybe the message was sent to Trey Sermon. Uh, I would still put a... Put a early season fab bit of twenty percent on Elijah Mitchell right now, seeing as how it's possible that he could just run away from the with this job, not run away from the job, run away with the job. Twenty to thirty percent on Elijah Mitchell right now, but uh, if people cut sermon, he's probably worth picking up. And Jamichael (laughs) Hasty, you know, for a dollar, you might uh, you might want to throw him on your radar as well. Uh, Mark Ingram is a guy that most uh, fantasy websites are saying, hey, you should pick him up right now because he had 26 carries. No, just don't do it. That's the season high for him, 26 carries. Mark it down, not Mark Ingram. Do not make a bid on Mark Ingram this week. Tony Pollard is 52% rostered. Uh, He will certainly be involved, especially in the passing game. He caught all four of his targets against Tampa on Thursday. And the Cowboys defense is awful meaning that game scripts may favor the more shifty Pollard catching balls out of the backfield more and more this season. Yeah, Zeke's managers are already freaking out. So if you've got Zeke on your roster and you don't have Pollard, a 12% bid is probably going to help secure him. Everyone else, he's probably a 10% bid, and I think he should be rostered in just about every league. Uh, Other running back to consider, Cordero Patterson had nine touches for the Falcons out of the backfield last week, and that backfield is abysmal. And he will likely lead the backfield in fantasy points a few times this year. So Cordero Patterson, if you can pick your spots right, it might work out. All right, let's go on to the wide receiver. Ah, Christian Kirk, 15% rostered, caught all five of his targets for 70 yards and a score against the amazingly – I believe he had two touchdowns, actually – Uh, amazingly terrible Tennessee secondary. The clarity of this position group is just not there, though. Uh, A.J. Green had six targets in this game. Rondale Moore also had five targets. So each of these players won't see five-plus targets per week like they did against Tennessee, so I feel like I'm not going to take this as a good matchup, kind of a thing. It's got to be the correct matchup play. In a 12-team league, I'm not targeting Kirk at more than a 1% bid. Uh, I'll let other people go out and bid on him, but I've been wrong before. Uh, So I'm not going to put a big bid or any bid on Christian Kirk this week. Uh, Jalen 20% 21% rostered. Is Jalen Hurts this good or are the Falcons this bad? That's the ultimate question. Rager hauled in all six of his targets from Hertz for 49 yards and a score, but I'm still a little bit apprehensive about Rager. First, that was the Falcons. Second, six catches for 49 yards is actually kind of bad for a wide receiver. Let's see some wiggle. Let's see him get a few more yards out of this, and maybe we will. Maybe he figured it out. The upcoming matchups against the Niners, who just lost a a starting cornerback, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Panthers are all a plus. In fact, there's no real passing stoppers for the Eagles until week nine, so I'm kind of convinced actually now. Uh, 8% bid on Jalen Rager this week. I think he's got a shot to uh, be fantasy relevant in his second year. Let's talk about Sterling Shepard, who's 39% rostered. I really try to stay clear of wide receivers who play with a quarterback that I believe to be a bad player, and Daniel Jones is a bad player. Uh, Shepard's touchdown included some stellar yak and his nine targets. Seven for 113 and one is a good fantasy line. I just feel like I've seen this movie before. I'm not bidding on Shepard, but you can probably nab him in your league for 3%-ish. That's just like his New Jersey number in New Jersey. See See how that all works out? Brian Edwards is 19% rostered. Most people chalk up All of last year's receiving success for the Raiders to Darren Waller. And that's mostly right, but Nelson Aguilar was pretty good last year too. Uh, He's gone now. So are his 82 targets, a yards per catch that led the league, and eight touchdowns. People drafted rugs to fill that role, but not so fast. Edwards seemed to be the guy that Derek Carr targeted in crunch time on Monday night. And he was five inches short of a game-winning touchdown in overtime that would have really made his four catches for 81 yards pop. Unfortunately, the schedule is brutal Uh, coming up for the Raiders. They get the Steelers, Dolphins, Chargers, Bears, and Broncos in the next five games. He won't earn many starting grades in the very near future. I'd bid 1% on him if you need a wide receiver five in a month and change when the schedule gets a little bit easier. Next guy, Nelson Aguilar, just mentioned him. Make no mistake, Aguilar is the top wide receiver on the Patriots. Yeah, I know Jacoby Myers had more targets, but Aguilar is the best wide receiver that they've had since Julian Edelman was actually healthy like five years ago. He saw seven targets, five catches, 72 yards, and a score, and that's with Mac Jones getting through his first game jitters. This week the Pats get the Jets, and no one gets jitters playing the Jets. Is that like jitters? He's going to return wide receiver three value this year, so I'd bid 13% on Nelson Aguilar. Tim Patrick is 2% rostered, and I feel like KJ Hamler should be in this discussion as well. Tim Possible should fill the Jerry Judy role, though, as Hamler's more of a slot guy uh, while he's missing for a month, or or, or, while Jerry Judy is out for a month or more. Uh, We've seen him be a good player for a while now. His four catches for 39 yards and a score last week, should increase this week against the Jags, and then they do get the Jets in week three. Remember, Teddy kept three wide receivers relevant and in the top 30 last season. He can do it again. And I mean this with all sincerity. Wide receivers with boring names always come at a discount, so you'll probably only need to bid 1% to 2% on Tim Patrick. K.J. Hamler, he's got a cooler name. You're probably going to have to bid 3 to 4% on K.J. Hamler. Other guys... Marvin Jones, see boring names like Tim Patrick that catch balls and score. Marvin Jones did that last week. Cedric Wilson, he should fill in for Michael Gallup for the next month or so as the third wide receiver in Dallas. All right, we got one more position, and it is... Tight end. Juwan Johnson, who is 11% rostered, caught all three of his targets, two of which were in the end zone. He's going to be the hot pickup at the position this week. But I hope most of you listened to my Fantasy Football Weekly calling him a few weeks ago. Oh, man, wait. I got I to gotta do this. I am the smartest man alive! Yep, thank you very much. Uh, he's got great chemistry with Winston. Did in the preseason. Despite Troutman getting some play and uh, having six targets last week, uh, Johnson was the guy who scored in the red zone. He's a converted wide receiver. He was on the field a ton. You'll probably have to drop like 14% on him to get him on your roster at this point. I think he might be worth it. Uh, In one league that I'm playing, I'm dropping Zach Ertz this week uh, because I already have Juwan Johnson on that roster. James O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, 0% rostered. Admittedly, I don't want him to be a thing because I don't like spelling his name. But on the other hand, I get to say his name like Terry McLaurin on the radio or podcast. So whatever. Maybe James O'Shaughnessy and his eight targets from Sunshine were the second most on the team behind DJ Chark last week for the Jaguars. A matchup against Denver this week seems like a bad plan. But they get Zona, Cincinnati, and Tennessee in the next couple weeks after that. It'll only take a buck to get James O'Shaughnessy. The last guy, Jared Cook, he's old. He's not terribly exciting, but he will put up numbers with Air Bear, and he had five catches last week. I just kind of see Jared Cook getting five catches, you know, 50-ish yards every week and a coin flips chance at a touchdown every week, and that's not a bad thing out of the tight end position. Hey, that's it. We got through it. Uh, I would like to make sure to remind you guys to rate and review the Shock Fantasy podcast Five stars on your favorite podcast platform. Also listen to Fantasy Football Weekly and rate and review that one, too. We need some more five-star ratings on Fantasy Football Weekly. Uh, that's the show, of course, with Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson, Scott Fish, and myself. You can hear that every Friday afternoon on your favorite, favorite podcast platform. I appreciate you guys listening to the Shock Fantasy podcast. I will be back on Thursday afternoon with the Thursday night matchup. Ooh, it's going to be a good one. The Giants and the Washington football team. Danny Dimes and Taylor Heineke. Woo! Who's excited for that one? I know you are. I know I am. We'll see you all next time on the Shock Fantasy Podcast.